Net. You're welcome. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. A Syracuse Sports Center starts now. Good afternoon, I'm Seth Goldberg. First action of the season for SU men's basketball as the Orange takes on Southern New Hampshire in an exhibition game at the Carrier Dome tonight. Syracuse coming off a 19-15 and 15 season, returning just one starter this year. Tip-off at 7, and you can hear that on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. Also tonight, Game 7 of the World Series. Astros sending Lance McCullers to the hill. He'll go up against Hugh Darvish. First pitch set for 8-20, and we'll join that in progress following Syracuse's exhibition game on ESPN AM 1200. Syracuse Crunch also in action tonight. It's the second of four straight road games for the Crunch as it travels to Belleville to take on the Senators. First ever game for the Senators in Belleville tonight. Puck drops at 7 pregame coverage at 645, and you can hear it on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. I'm Seth Goldberg. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! Oh, I always make those interesting comments during the game. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. A rainy day. It's a Wednesday, a hump day in the first game of the Syracuse exhibition basketball season. So basketball season is upon us. May as well be a holiday in this neck of the woods. These are dress rehearsals tonight and Monday night. Southern New Hampshire in town for this one. Southern Connecticut with a John Wallace's son Joey in town on Monday. And then the season opens in earnest Friday. A doubleheader, the Syracuse women at 2 o'clock against Morgan State next Friday. And the men follow at 7 o'clock at... Uh, home against Cornell. Jimmy Beheim coming in for the season opener. He's a freshman with the Big Red taking on his dad in what is far from his dad's freshman season. In fact, one of the big themes of the early part of this year will be how this is not Coach Beheim's uh, farewell or victory tour. It is uh, no end in sight for him and uh, really feels like more of a beginning than an end and uh, all good things as we really unfurl for you and uh, introduce you to this almost entirely new basketball team looking forward to it now we welcome in the great jason stark speaking of greats and uh baseball talkers and jason what a series this has been so far i know you've seen a lot of them and uh this one has to rank up there you know matt i've been thinking about this i i think this one has a chance to go down as the greatest world series of modern times as long as it has a great finale, it's got to be up there with 2001 and Mariano Rivera and Luis Gonzalez, and it's got to be up there with 91 and Jack Morris and John Smoltz. I mean, you, you can't have a legendary series without a legendary finish, but would it shock anybody if this game went like 17 innings? No. You know, and you're precisely right, it would really be a kick in the stomach if this was a dud tonight. And I'll tell you, the one of the first thoughts I had last night after the game is, and I know Yasso Puig has, Puig has said, hey, this is going game seven, which what else is he going to say? 
And then when it does go game seven, they're talking to Kenley Jansen on the field last night. Hey, I feel confident about our team. Of course he's going to say that. And I thought, you know what? And I love baseball. But every now and again, there's that Thursday afternoon in Milwaukee, and somebody just didn't have it, and it was it's an 11-1 game. Well, Boy, that would really stink happens. if that happens. Crazy stuff is bound to happen, but... I don't. I just don't know that this game is going to turn into a blowout. These teams are, you know, very well. You could argue the two best teams in baseball this season, start to finish. Uh, they've played for 22 hours in this World Series, and one team has held a lead of greater than three runs for a grand total of three innings. So, <laughs> I mean, people keep saying it's two heavyweights throwing haymakers, and that's what I expect tonight. But, I, I, I mean, the reason tonight could get crazy is I, I don't know who's going to wind up getting into the game. It wouldn't shock me if the Astros used all five of their starting pitchers. <laughs> would it shock you? No, and it, it would have an all-star game approach. I mean, there's plenty of time to recover. Uh, there was a, you know, and I know you were a longtime participant on their show, but uh, Mike and Mike this morning had a, a little nugget about how the Dodgers relievers, their performance when they've had any rest at all. So these games coming yeah. off a day off have been completely lights out. Well, that's great, and they don't have that tonight, but who cares? If Clayton Kershaw is one of the guys you can bring in, then all bets are off. Um, I, I have no doubt Clayton is pitching in this game. He might pitch the last four innings in this game. Um, you know, that's kind of their wild card in all of this. Is he's he's obviously ready to go and dying to pitch, and it could be a legacy ceiling moment for him. Uh, we saw it last year in that uh, division series against Washington, and guys do stuff like this in winner take all games. But then on the other side of it, I mean the. The one good thing that came out of this last night for the Astros was they didn't use any of the pitchers that A.J. Hinch trusts. So Dallas Keuchel is ready to go in this game. Charlie Morton could easily pitch in this game. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Justin Verlander pitches on no day's rest. Wouldn't that be game. incredible? You're Brad talking about Peacock legacy ceiling. Last night, right? <laughs> they have a lot of options in this game that – look a lot better than the guys they've been bringing in when the starter left. What would be more legacy ceiling than Verlander pitching okay but suffering his first loss uh, with the Astros uh, in last night's game in Game 6 and then coming back and having some sort of meaningful role in a win here tonight? Obviously, he's been such a stud throughout his career, needs to show it as some of these other guys do in the postseason as we visit with Jason Stark, a uh, longtime uh, esteemed baseball writer and Syracuse basketball fan. I know he's jacked up for the exhibition uh, opener tonight. We can, we can get into that. But uh, <laughs> um, Stu Peterson was my guy. Like when I was, you know, I'm a 10-year-old going out to MacArthur Stadium. <laughs> Stu Peterson. I can't believe that his son is now an all-star and has hit three home runs in the World Series. Yeah, especially because he, his son got two hits in the entire month of September. <laughs> right. And now he's hit three homers <laughs> in the World Series. He's got an extra base hit five games in a row, and he still hasn't mixed in a single. Yeah. It's the most Jack Peterson-like stat ever. Yeah. He's really a different kind of player, but he's had a great series. They interviewed him on the field after the game, and his last words were you know, something like, Red Ombra. <laughs> <You know, like, laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't know 
what that home run trot was. I, I right. Like, I don't understand how this is happening, um, but whatever. It's awesome. I just think it's great, and, and you love baseball as much as anybody. I love baseball. Can't spend as much time invested in it uh, once football starts as, as I uh, would like. But these are two teams with a bunch of guys that love to play. You can tell yeah. the competitive juices. They're grinding. Uh, how good is Sports Illustrated going to look if the Astros win? They put that on the cover a few years ago saying they were the right. 2017 uh, champions. And, you know, that's a young, athletic team that ought to be really good for a long time. And, and you can say the same of the Dodgers, really. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's been, you know, the coolest part of this is, you know, people didn't pay much attention to the Astros until you saw these players in this setting, on this stage. And now, I. How much fun is Jose Altuve to watch, and Alex Bregman, and Carlos Correa, and George Springer, and I mean, you mentioned Verlander. We've seen him before, but I never get tired of watching that guy. And then on the on the other side, uh, you, you, you kind of touched on Jock Peterson. I don't know how long his his future in L.A. is going to last, but Cody Bellinger is going to hit like 600 home runs <laughs> in the big league someday, isn't he? And, yeah, sure. Uh, it's just one fun player coming to bat after another. I, like, I never had a chance to watch Chris Taylor do his thing night after night before this. And that's a guy who never has a bad at bat. He just exhausts pitchers. Uh, and we haven't even gotten into Justin Turner. Just just a fun collection of characters. And, I, you know, I hope that however tonight turns out, that these guys are willing to handle it the way the Cubs did last year. Because the Cubs didn't just win. They shared it. They shared the fun with everybody. They were on Saturday Night Live and every talk show known to mankind, right? And uh, they tweeted about it, and they posted all over Instagram, and they let the whole world in. I mean, these are two really good teams with a bunch of refreshing personalities. Uh, I could see the same thing happening, and it's great for the sport. You know, it beats Sunday night football in the ratings mm-hmm. the other night, and last night's game uh, was even higher rated than game six of the Cubs last year. Things are really turning baseball's way. And uh, Alex Rodriguez, I said, it almost sounds like he's on the take or he's in- involved in ownership or needs to butter up the commissioner's office because twice after these big games, he's come right out with, and he's just left it hanging there on the Fox broadcast, MLB is on fire, and he's not wrong, but it, it just comes off a little funny uh, from him. Yeah, right. And how you, crazy is it? how crazy is this? How <laughs> how how nuttily has the world spun that the big the biggest spokesman for the sport of baseball is a Rod? Yeah, and God bless him. You know, wow. he lo- you can say a lot of things about him, but and you know him way better than, than I will ever hope to. But he loves the game. He wants it to thrive. Uh, I'm excited for the game that here's a game seven at Dodger Stadium, literally for the first time, which is hard yeah. to believe. And I think it's cool for the growth of the game and just for pop culture to swing around and see TV and movie stars that are going to be at the game. There's no doubt about it. It's the place to be. It's the it's the it's the hot ticket in town. And uh, game sevens are always an event, but to think that Dodger Stadium has been around for more than half a century and has never hosted a Game 7 is mind-boggling. I was looking today at the last time the Dodgers even played a Game 7. 
that was against the Twins in the 65 World Series. It was so long ago, Matt, that their cleanup hitter that night was Lou Johnson, and he's now 83 years old. <laughs> so that'd be Jim Cott and uh, Mudcat Grant. Koufax were the hurlers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and yeah, Kofax will be there. He's been a fixture. Great to see Vince Scully. They they cut to him in oh. the, in the stands. I wish he would uh, just relent a little bit and participate uh, beyond uh, his awesome uh, first pitch the other night. But all kinds of good stuff, and uh, we appreciate your perspective. And uh, will you be uh, keeping an eye on the uh, Syracuse Southern New Hampshire game tonight? Or are you going to hurt my feelings? When when I say that I've been looking forward to the game. All day. I'm not talking about the World Series. Come on. I mean, I'm seriously. talking about Southern New Hampshire with Matt Park at the mic. <laughs> Is that something else or what? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Looking forward to what? Uh, the thing I really look forward, and you know you have an open door policy to chime in. When, when you have some statistical nugget you want to share about uh, Marek Dolajai uh, late <laughs> in the season or O'Shea Brissett, you, you know where to find us, right? Yeah, careful what you wish for. You know <laughs> I, that. I love it. All right, you're the best, man. Uh, enjoy it uh, tonight, and uh, looking forward to seeing how this one all shakes out. Yeah, me too. Always a pleasure, Matt. Thanks. All right, Jason Stark, Syracuse alum, great baseball writer, keeping an eye on the uh, game tonight, Game 7. How much fun is this going to be? I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball like A-Rod overall. All yeah. the teams are so young. Yeah. The Cubs are going to be back, right? The Yankees will be back. The Twins are young. You know, The Dodgers are young. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. The Twins are young. It's gonna be fun for a long time. There's a yeah. lot of I, baseball was uh, all I ever did as a kid. So this is this is what I, I can't want. wait to to rush home tonight after the the game. And that's the upside, I guess, of the late start and the slower games is that uh, ought to be able to catch even after the basketball game tonight the the second half of the baseball. So unless we get a game one again, a one nothing two. Yeah, hour. I don't know if it'll be like that. Well especially for no other reason there's gonna be pitching changes now that uh of course they'll be in the middle of innings because I think the both managers are gonna say, look, here's every guy I got and uh it, it's just a different game than what Jason and you know what we're kinda of talking about going back when you'd think, Oh, I'm gonna put my stud on the mound for six, seven, eight innings. That's not happening. And because you've, they've got a lot of studs and they're not going to need them uh, for a second and third time through the batting order. Could you imagine bringing in Kershaw out of the bullpen? Verlander potentially. You know, um, So Lance McCullers, who's going to start tonight for uh, Houston, was out warming up after the game. They were co- sort of keeping him warm, at least available for last night. He would have closed it out. He would have pitched the last two, three innings maybe had the Astros gone into that stretch with the lead. They did not. We played for you the... Uh, and we didn't play the Jock Peterson home run. We can hit that on the way out here. But uh, the Dodgers basically came from, you know, Astros scored the first run. Dodgers came back to snatch the lead. Then were able to stretch the lead on the, the Peterson home run. That took McCullers out of the game. He wasn't going to come in in a losing scenario for Houston, knowing that they were going to have game seven. So he'll start tonight against you, Darvish. Uh, two really good pitchers there with uh, fantastic stuff. And then uh, after that, who knows what. Basketball tonight. Football Saturday at Florida State as the Orange at four and four back off a bye week against two and five FSU, which is just hard to even fathom saying it that way. They're winless at home, the Orange winless on the road, so uh, lots to discuss with that. We'll get into it a great deal on tomorrow's show. When we come back, we'll have Joe, and then we'll visit with Chris Fuller from the uh, Syracuse Athletics Department on the Military Day Appreciation Game uh, that is coming up. Uh, not quite Veterans Day, but it is eleven eleven as the Orange 
take on Wake Forest, uh, which figures to be a really big game in the Dome. That's as we continue. In the booth on ESPN Radio. Get on the block with Brent Axe. If you believe that an athlete, a high-profile athlete, is on scholarship and therefore that's good enough, then you must think your rotary phone is good enough at home. I've got a phone and it works fine. Things advance. We have technology. I have a phone that also can connect me to the Internet and I can read emails and get text messages and all sorts of great things like subscribe on iTunes to the ESPN Circuit page. On the block with Brent Axe, 4 to 6. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200. AM and 1440 AM. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Here's Joe Salzone. I don't care anymore. Game seven of the World Series is tonight. Heard that. Peterson lifts a high fly ball to left field. Did he get enough? Yes, he did. Opposite field home run. Jack Peterson's third home run of the World Series. And it's 3-1 to one Dodgers. Could be coming to the most expensive tickets in the history of baseball. The website TicketHub.com says the average price for a ticket to tonight's game at Dodger Stadium is $1,795. That's double the price for Game 7 in 2014, which was $887, and triples the $696 ticket price for Game 7 in 2011. Can I say that that sounds a little bit low to me? Yeah, in L.A. especially. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... If you're a Dodger fan, like, if I were a Dodger fan and lived within a reasonable drive, I would pay that. Game seven at Dodger Stadium? I mean, the problem is you got to, you know, you're a ticket. Nobody's going by themselves. So you're in for a double at minimum. Um, I I think we know the boss would pay that. I would, you know what? I I was. And then the other numbers, I mean, you know, it's again, these are once in a lifetime type experiences. And I'd love to know. You know what's a whatever you identify as a reasonable seat. What does that cost? Are you paying? You know, I don't want to pay seventeen ninety five and sit in uh, the nosebleed seats, but uh, some of those those dollar figures for averages sound a little low for me. I think I would uh, I would pay that for a game seven Padres ticket. Yeah. No, no doubt. You know, I'd probably pay five grand. I'd crack into the retirement. Yeah, that might be a little a little high, but I, I would say you haven't been a Padres fan. That, that's true. <laughs> but you know, I would say that, uh, and everybody's different. And got got their own price, but in that fifteen, eighteen hundred range, I mean, you yeah, you'd view it as vacation. Anything else you would pay that much to go see? Is there uh, a musician? Super Bowl and musician? Not a chance. No. Um, I mean, I, that's kind of an open-ended uh, question there, but I would pay. You know, if you're talking about eighteen hundred dollars for a ticket, I would pay that for uh, potentially the Final Four, World Series, Super Bowl, maybe no. something at the Olympics. No way would I do that. Diving? Olympic no, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, may, I just said maybe. I mean, it yeah. have to be the right. It, I'd have to take that on a case by case basis, not just anything. A former SU football recruit heading south, Hassan Hall, announcing on social media he's committing to Louisville. Hall was a member of SU's 2018 recruiting class. Not yet he wasn't. That's why That's why I don't really react about recruiting classes until they've signed and they're here. 
Verbal commitments don't mean anything. What sport? Football. Okay. That's the fourth word there in the in the copy. No, it's not on the story. Go ahead. Huh? Yes, it is. It's in my copy. Oh, it's in, okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't yeah. see Yeah. Go ahead. And a 28-year-old Wisconsin mother facing a felony for strapping her son on top of a plastic pool on the roof of her car. Amber Schmunk, we'll say it's pronounced, tells prosecutors. The joyride lasted just about 20 to 30 seconds, adding her son was safe the entire time. Schmunk is facing five years in prison. Schmunk as in schmuck. I, I think this is a, a a last name that could easily become a verb for this reason. Like. <laughs> You got schmunk. Who, yeah, who would who would only schmunk would do this? Who would schmunk it? Um, I mean, this is just completely ridiculous. Is it like now? Maybe also, the kid's is a little it, young. Is it a, is the the plastic pool overturned and the kid on top was the plastic pool right side up? The kid and not this doesn't make a real difference. I'm just splitting hairs a little bit because it's obviously ridiculous to be driving with your kid strapped to the roof of your car. But um, at least if the pool is right side up, no, I can't even say it out loud. Here's what I'm going to say. Moms should not do this. Nobody should do this. Moms should not do this, but no one should do it. You're right. But being a child of the generation I am, my brothers and I would have done this. Like, without question. Well, you had so many brothers. That you, yeah, no, but like even my if neighbors. If one fell off the top of the car, who would notice? <laughs> no, but even my neighbors would have gotten in on it. Like, like this is something when you were 16 or 17 what? and you just got your license. And hey, let's strap a kiddie pool to the top of the car and drive around the block and see if you stay in. To, to Polly's point, uh, Schmunk uh, said that her dad allowed her to do this when she was about nine years old. It's, well, a, different it's, a, it's a Schmunk family tradition. <laughs> Dewey Care is brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria. Cam's, love at first slice. Let's go for a family schmunk. <laughs> wonder what Halloween is like in the schmunk household. Let's ride around in a kiddie pool seeking candy. I think we, they hand out dum-dums. And this is going to sound stupid, we used to tie... We used to Which tie... reminds me, get Seth, is Seth, Seth here? Get Seth back in here. Is he still here? Or did he leave? Hey, Seth, they just walked by. We used to tie grocery employee, cards. Of course, he's the employee of the month. And why did he... Uh, uh, he's set to run it on the air. Uh, employee of the month doesn't leave. I mean, that's how he won. That's how he's he's uh, stacking the the ballot box for for next week. Uh, what were you saying? We would pull sleds and grocery carts behind the car as kids. Yes, well, but on like actual city streets, or you no, live on a park, farm like in I the did. Parking lot. I forgot to ask Seth something. Actually, it's more of a statement of of disagreement, and it's with Gomez too, who also said took your side. The inside of a Three Musketeers, that's not nougat. I didn't say it was. I said okay. it was chocolate. Yeah, that's whipped up yeah, chocolate. That's what I said. Steve said uh, it was nougat. Yeah, I well, said, Steve, no, Steve also said, <laughs> said he that wrong. he doesn't like candy and he doesn't like the Reese's Pieces in the peanut butter cups. Yeah. And that he's just as good with a granola bar and he doesn't There's like a lot candy wrong canes. With Steve Steve Hollywood, said a lot Hollywood of things. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I just want to settle that. That's not nougat. No, no, no it's chocolate. Like nougat is in. Uh, it's like cookies. In Snickers. And, you know, and. I'll tell you a great candy bar that I I don't really admit publicly that I I like anymore because Polly for some reason called it an '80s bar, which I, I took as kind of a what you uh, would call it. Yeah, wow, I, knew I think exactly what you would call. No, I know that is you said super that. '80s. Well, I don't get why it's '80s. It I think that is a fantastic 80s. candy bar. It came out in the '80s. It's just it, it's all it's pretty much all nougat with a little you know you got the yeah it the, is it's a thin layer of chocolate over nougat yeah. 
It really accentuates the nougat. <laughs> they could have just it puts, keep, a, puts a premium. They on could the have nougat. just called it nougat. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Chris Fuller, the athletics department, talking about the uh, military appreciation day and the ways you can get involved. And a heads up to those of you that were our are or were our military uh, personnel. We thank you for your service. The fans have uh, sponsored a number of tickets. We'll tell you how you could uh, get yours, claim yours, to come to the Wake Forest game. That's a Monday deadline. More on that when we continue in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. It's the first matchup at Yardman Arena between the Syracuse Crunch and Belleville Senators. Tonight at 7 o'clock. Join us for Countdown to Crunch Time starting at 645. Home of the Syracuse Crunch. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Welcome back in the booth, everybody. It's the Orange and Florida State on the road this week, but back at the Dome on Saturday when Wake Forest comes in, a military appreciation day as it ought to be on 11-11. And Chris Fuller from the uh, Syracuse Athletics Department uh, joins us now in charge of a lot of these things in terms of putting on the show at the games. And uh, Chris, good to have you with us. And, And first of all, as we anticipate a road game coming off the bye week, the biggest thing going for you right now is this buzz uh, created by really the Clemson win and the showing at Miami. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. It's uh, incredible what Dino and the staff have done. Uh, the the win over Clemson in the Dome will be historical for sure. And going down and putting on the kind of performance we did against Miami, certainly with Eric's performance. Uh, and, and look, the season's flipped around a little bit. You look at uh, – Wake Forest and Boston College and what they've been able to do in recent weeks, too. And these are going to be fantastic games to finish up our home schedule. Isn't it amazing you use the word flip? because, And that's why you, you, it's dangerous business back in August. Uh, they call it a fool's errand to sit there and uh, circle the W's and the L's and, and that type of deal. Because uh, certainly, first of all, from a Syracuse perspective, you beat Clemson. And I think Coach Babers has used this message as well. It shows that anything from there is possible. Absolutely. If if somebody would have said, as we travel to Tallahassee, all of a sudden coming off the strength of our last two performances, that's a very different game. Uh, what Wake Forest did with Louisville when they come here, Military Appreciation Day, November 11th, that's a very different game. And, and then you see Florida State travel to Boston College last week and get physically dominated on the road by BC. So yeah, you better be ready to play every time you go out. And uh, and it's a very unpredictable environment right now. Sure. Well, it makes for, uh, especially in the year where uh, we said goodbye to Coach Mack and people like that, the, the idea that Thanksgiving weekend, BC coming in, two physical uh, teams and approaches, uh, that could be a lot of fun. We'll set that one aside. But the way the script is sort of flipped here, uh, Florida State and the Orange go down there with some appeal and, and double the wins that the Seminoles have so far. So, Bowl eligibility right now is uh, the key. The fact that you have a very exciting uh, team that people get to, to come see, and uh, it puts a lot on the line for this uh, Wake Forest game because uh, really both teams are, might be potentially vying for the same bowl spot. Absolutely. A really meaningful game, not only for Syracuse, but within the league now with the way the teams are playing. So um, six-day selection, we don't know the game time yet. Uh, could be a very uh, favorable game time for us, and uh, obviously, everything we're going to do to celebrate the military and our relationship with the military, but 
let's not lose sight of this being a fantastic football game and a great opportunity for Syracuse to uh, get one step closer to bowl eligibility. Sure, and the games in, in recent years against Wake have been interesting. It won't be a hurricane. I know that. That's how the Orange uh, lost last year on the road and had to kind of shelve uh, their offense and uh, two teams that have grown up a bit uh, this time playing uh, in the comforts of the Carrier Dome. One thing, going back to the Clemson game, that was a crowd of 40,000 and change. And uh, I know you're, you have connections to the area, but you've been out and about, and, and now you're back. And uh, that was maybe your first time to see the 40 sounding like 80. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of being here in 2003 with Toledo, Matt. And uh, when you're on the visiting t- team coming into that environment, it is an incredibly difficult place to play. There's no place like it in the country. Uh, I want to see what it's like closer to 50 because <laughs> um, I think it's very, very difficult for offenses to get their bearings in that building. It's different from a conditioning standpoint with the heat and humidity. And our fans were incredible during the Clemson game. Our students were as engaged as I've ever seen them in my short uh, experience back. But it's exciting to think about what it can be as we continue to build. Sure, we'll get to the uh, November 11th Wake Forest game in a second and uh, what fans might see a little bit different and how they can take part in military appreciation in just a second. Has your experience in the community in the last two weeks been like mine that uh, – People were sort of woken up to a degree that they realize not only uh, can and is it fun in the Dome, but uh, it could be like that every time. Yes, and and I think the more people see, I mean, Dino uh, has just been incredible in terms of how he's handled the team, how he's handled the post-game of that game with both coaches was one of the best things I've seen in recent memory. I think it reminded me and all of us that if – when your coach is a great educator, uh, when he's he's somebody the team wants to follow, you you can that building can be special on a week in week week out basis. Absolutely. Chris Fuller is our guest, uh, the number two in the Orange uh, Athletic Department and uh, the man in charge of uh, putting on these games and and big events. And this will be a big one, November 11th, uh, Veterans Day. Typically, if it were a a weekday, that'll be uh, celebrated the the following, or observed, I should say, the following uh, Monday. But uh, on 11-11, Chris, we see a lot of these connections that the university already has uh, with the military community. Uh, What will we notice uh, fans coming to the game that, that might be a little bit out of ordinary? Yeah, it's going to be – we're going to have over 3,800 seats right now that are committed to active military and their families as our guests. Um, We're going to be working with – I think you're going to see the team uh, run out onto the the field with the 10th Mountain Division flag. We're going to be privileged to host Major General Walter Pyatt of the 10th Mountain Division. Uh, The 42nd Infantry Division New York National Guard Infantry Band will play with the (laughs) SU Marching Band. And I think there's still an opportunity. We've done a program, Tickets Cues for the Troops, where um, tickets can be requested online by active military at uh, military. So, And I think you'll also see throughout the game, Matt, the theming within our game production will be very focused on the military as it will be when we uh, play Cornell on Friday night in men's basketball as well. Okay, very cool. I, I know that's obviously a huge initiative, as it should be, of the Chancellor and the, the Veterans uh, Resource Center going up across from Newhouse uh, here on campus, so uh, those bonds are only going to get stronger. Uh, people may have seen the ads, and we saw our friend uh, Don Waffle uh, in the commercial and, and one of the oldest living uh, uh, Syracuse uh, fans and season ticket holders kind of saying, hey, 
and he's a, he is a former POW, but hey, support the troops in this way. You can sponsor a ticket. And what you're saying now is that uh, the military, the way you claim that ticket, uh, the deadline is uh, Monday of this coming week, com slash military. And that's a neat thing for the community to uh, show their support. Correct. And, and I didn't mention we're also going to host the Stars and Stripes uh, tailgate event with 800 to 900 military members here in Manly Fieldhouse and bust those folks to the game afterwards. So it's going to be – I hope that every um, active and retired military member that we have in and around the community is going to feel – how special that relationship is for us. Sure, and what an impactful visual. It can be uh, in the Dome, I think, for the team to see uh, them behind. The Fort Drum connection has been strong uh, over the last uh, handful of years and uh, kindred spirits in a lot of ways. But you've got a quarterback whose uh, brother uh, has just uh, been discharged and, and, and out of the Army now, too. So uh, a lot of these connections, Coach Babers, uh, maybe first and foremost. Yeah, I think um, maybe maybe more now than ever. I think it's a great time to highlight the, how how much emphasis our university has placed on um, service to the military and how meaningful it is to all of us and protecting all of our freedoms. And uh, it's a it's a. I was fortunate that I had a similar situation at one of my last institutions, and it's it's. Uh, you can tell when it's organic and real, and particularly when it's supported the way it is all the way through the chancellor's office. Oh, very good. And uh, Major General Pye better start working on that coin toss. It could be impactful in a, in a tight game against Wake. Yeah. Well, uh, you don't get two chances. <laughs> I'm sure he's had more pressure uh, situations than that. Uh, Chris, thanks for your time. Uh, continued success. And uh, hope to see the place packed on the 11th, okay? Hey, thanks so much, Matt. Chris Fuller, the uh, Senior Associate uh, Director of Athletics in charge of uh, external affairs and a lot of the uh, presentation, the things that meet your eye in and around uh, the games and events here. A very bright guy who has uh, been around the college sports industry uh, most recently at the University of Tennessee, but also at North Carolina and some other uh, great spots with the uh, ACC and then some. So uh, good to have him on our side, so to speak, and uh, looking forward to to uh, the place being jammed when the Orange return to the Carrier Dome November 11th to take on Wake Forest. If you are in the military community and you'd like to claim the tickets that have been sponsored uh, by uh, various fans who've had the opportunity to do that along the way, it's kind of a, a buy one, get one, or buy one, give one type concept, go to accuse.com slash military, accuse.com slash military. Deadline on that is Monday to uh, put your name in and to be among those to uh, get free tickets uh, sponsored tickets to that game, the Orange and Wake Forest. The start time of that game uh, won't be decided until the conclusion of this one on Saturday. So look for Saturday night, Sunday to know the start time of the 11-11 game. Thanks to all of our guests today, Jason Stark with Chris Fuller. For Joe, Polly, Seth, I'm Matt saying so long in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.